Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to another episode of TV7 Times Observer. I'm Jonathan Hassan and joining me all the way from Canada is my dear brother in Christ and friend Amir Zalfati. Amir, how are you today and how are your engagements uh, in the Northern American state? Shalom, Jonathan. It's good to see you again. I'm here in Edmonton on the western part of Canada and I want to tell you something. I came from Montreal where so many people told me to say hello to Jonathan and to TV7 because they follow you and they watch you over there. And so I am now officially, uh, publicly bringing those greetings to you. Well, greetings to everybody back at home, of course, and uh, we're blessed to have them join us for today's production as well. So how about we also invite the Lord to join us as uh, we will engage also in the word of uh, our Savior and and God, and and, uh, we will also discuss uh, some of the events that have taken place over the past month and what it may mean from a biblical perspective. So how about you lead us in prayer? Father, we thank you so much that you are the ruler You are in control, although it may seem to so many people that uh, there is no law and no order in this world and that uh, war and violence is all over. Father, you are on your throne, but we know that the ruler of this world is indeed doing uh, all these things. And we know, Father, that unless we know you personally through faith in Christ himself, We will never be able to understand what it means to have peace that surpasses all understanding, even in the midst of times like these. Father, we thank you that we uh, we have a way to approach you, to come to the seat, uh, to that uh, holy of holies, to, to find mercy in times that we need. And now we ask that you will bless this hour of, of looking into your word and world events and uh, connecting the dots for the sake of finding much hope and comfort in this world. We thank you and we bless you in the name of the Holy One of Israel, Yeshua Mashiach, we pray. Amen. 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 All right, Amir, uh, even though we usually start with an uplifting word, uh, unfortunately, in today's age, uh, uh, we're looking all around us and all we can see is uh, conflict, strife, challenges, Um, projections of disastrous outcomes and uh, we know that God is in control but at times uh, we feel like crying out and and saying God uh, where are you where are you manifested in this whole situation and how can we engage in such a reality uh, to truly project who you are through us and uh, as we discussed prior to the program we will start with the book of Habakkuk, uh, the prophet Habakkuk, of course, was a very illustrious individual who provided uh, quite an uh, interesting mirror, uh, as you stated earlier, uh, to this uh, uh, reality back then, which is quite similar. Uh, we can uh, establish quite a long list of analogies between that time to today. But uh, how about I'll open with uh, the four first verses in Hebrew, you'll follow up in English, and provide us uh, an understanding of where is that coming from, where is that 
um, response that God also gave Habakkuk because he's a good God. He knows and hears us and does so. So I'll start in Hebrew as I stated. Habakkuk Aleph, Hamasa Asher Chazach Habakkuk Hanavi, Adana Adonai, Shivati Velo Tishma, Azak, Elecha Hamam, Velo Toshia, Lama Tareni Aven, Veamal Tabit, Veshod Vehamas, Lenegeti, Vayhi Riv, Umadoni Sa, Alken, Tafug Torah, ולא יצא לנצח, משפט, כי רשע מכתיר את הצדיק, על כן יצא משפט מעוקל. interested in knowing why God is allowing. So he says, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw, O Lord, how long shall I cry and you will not hear, even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contention arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth for the wicked around the righteous. Therefore, perver perverse judgment proceeds. And, and we can clearly see that the prophet is a human being. He's not, you know, anything else and he can see things around him and just like david david also at times was looking for god and asking god where are you i mean I, the enemy is surrounding me and and god has always been there and god has no problem with us asking him where are you as long as we trust that we need to listen to him and hear back from him because the lord answered habakkuk and said I will work a work in your days which you would not believe, though it were told you. God says, look, I am not asleep. I see what's going on, but I am going to work. You have to have faith. There is a time and a season for everything. And Jonathan, we have to remember violence and, and, and all this evil is a direct result of a sinful world. You know, when God created the world, It was beautiful, and God says it is good. It was very good. And then chapter three came in Genesis, and the first sin came. It just started small, you know. They had a, a wrong choice of eating from the wrong tree. That's it. And from, you know, from the first sin of disobedience and breaking God's rules, it, it took three chapters only. And the Bible says in Genesis 6, Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And then the saddest verse in the whole Bible, Genesis 6, verse 6, and the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth. So you can clearly see a direct result of sin to evil, violence, war. And now we live in a sinful world we have a problem you know uh, sin is not something that is just a spiritual thing we see the physical uh, manifestation of it as well but we we know that there is a solution for sin provided 2000 years ago and this is our only hope this world has no hope israel has no hope 
No country has any hope in the systems of this world, the governments of this world, the armies of this world, the parliaments of this world, the health organizations of this world. They will not give us the hope that we need to defeat sin. You know, we, we, we can try to reduce two degrees uh, temperatures in order to preserve the world, but we know the end of the story. So, so unless you come before the Lord and, and put your trust in the one who paid for your sins and worship him, you will unfortunately not find any hope anywhere else. This is it. And so the prophet is asking good questions. God is answering very good questions. And I think that every person around the world that is asking those questions should be given the answer from the believers that there is hope that there is life, that there is way, and the only one that is the hope, the life, and the way is Yeshua Mashiach that came and died for us, took our sins, brought end to sin and the consequences of sin, which is death. Death has lost its sting, and mm. trusting Jesus, we will also have eternal life. You know, it seems like every time humanity distances itself more from God, it really becomes more vicious, more violent, more hateful. And this obviously uh, is a matter of causality. You know, violence begets violence, uh, sin begets sin. But uh, as you noted, the apple, you know, from that moment, what what did sin do? It created a wedge. It, it kicked out uh, Adam and Eve from Gan Eden, uh, the Garden of Eden, and then ultimately what it brought about was uh, a more of a precarious relationship from humanity's perspective towards God. But then w through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, obviously, as uh, you mentioned so, so beautifully, the relationship is once again there. We are able to get closer to him through grace not because of our own actions, but through grace, which then in turn uh, drives us to want to be like Christ and to follow him and through action then also project his love through us to, to our surroundings. And uh, as you know, this, uh, this dialogue that basically the prophet Habakkuk has, has engaged in with God then continues. Obviously, he didn't like God's answer. <laughs> Because he became afraid. And then in chapter 3 we see, as he mentions, a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, uh, who just the, the first couple of verses, or the second verse, O Lord, I have heard your speech and I was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And this is the beauty. Our mercy is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We can look around. We can read Revelation, you know, and um, it, it may startle us or scare us or uh, we think about those, those wars and, and we may be afraid. But our salvation is yes. in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Jonathan, take a look at how Habakkuk ended his book. You know, he started with all these questions, but he ended the book with a hymn of faith. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there will be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels. 
That's how we need to end up eventually. Uh, faith is not based on the things we see. It's based on the things we don't see. That's what faith is all about. So, you know, we see a lot of bad things, but we need to have our faith in the things that we cannot see that are promised to us. Mm. And and as you mentioned earlier, King David, and I, I know we read this already in the past, and I think we should read it every time, but that's a different story. Psalm 23, uh, and I'll just read it in Hebrew if you may follow up. Uh, he was speaking about, you know, being the flock. And as the flock, we know that Beautiful. And remember verse four, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He doesn't say there is no evil. He says, I, I mean, I, I think it would be good for you to read it in English because not all our viewers know yeah. Hebrew yet. <laughs> the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint me, my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, there is the, the timely the, the perspective, there is the very limited, and then there is the eternal perspective. And even in other Psalms, we see that David is asking, how come the, the wicked is flourishing? How come they are they have their good things going on well? And then and then it says, it is that they may be destroyed forever. In the temporary, it looks like they do well, but in the eternal perspective, they will be destroyed. And we need to be people who live in a temporary world, but with eternal perspective. Amen. All right, I mean, let's move to the uh, next stage of our uh program today. Uh, so uh, many people are obviously keen to hear also what you have to say from a biblical perspective with regard to the latest developments. Let's start with uh, the first uh, report which uh, occurred uh, uh, last month, and that is specifically about uh, a scale back of Russian forces which were deployed in, in Syria. Uh, following this report, obviously, uh, which was initially published by the uh, Netherlands-based Moscow Times, um, in which uh, the report uh, insinuated that there was a large scale back of, of Russian forces. Nevertheless, we found out that it's it's only uh, part of those forces, experienced troops, veterans, and uh, the mercenaries of the, the Russian uh, um, military corporation uh, called Wagner. Um, this occurred not only from Syria, obviously, from other areas throughout the region and beyond. Uh, but if, if in uh, the biblical perspective, we look up north and um, 
you mentioned that Russia is one of those that are taking part in, in the final battle. Uh, and how, how does this align itself with the current times that we're living in, considering the fact that, uh, yes, the Russians are still there, but there is a scale back? Yeah. Well, as we talked earlier before we started this recording is that not only that Russia started scaling back, but it's the Iranians that are taking their places. So we're, we're seeing two things. There's still Russian presence in Syria. I mean, for the longest time, they have this um, sea, uh, you know, naval base. They have now the air base in Khmeimim. But, but yes, you're right. Uh, quite a few of what the uh, soldiers that they had there now have been relocated. But Iranians are now taking over, pro-Iranian militias taking over. And so we can clearly see that Russia is still there, but Iran is strengthening its grip in in, in uh, uh, Syria, which I think you and I will discuss in a few minutes also uh, that issue. But remember, um, I want to remind you that, oh, yes, there were reports about that, but there, were, there also were reports that the uh, European Union is now in a, a full-scale efforts to uh, cut deals with Israel to buy natural gas via Egypt, uh, which, which means that uh, there is a good reason for the Russians not to want to leave that area and also not to have great uh, uh, great uh, perspective of, of, of Israel as of today. Look, the Russians right now are collaborating with Israel when it fits their own agenda and interest, which, you know, you know, interest is important for every country. But at the moment, all the talks about replacing the European dependence on, on Russian gas and oil and now finding alternatives such as now the Israeli gas, they don't make Moscow very, very uh, happy. And certainly Jerusalem is not being seen now as friendly as it used to be. And so, you know, when we look in the Bible and, and when we talk about the, the war that Ezekiel talks when, he, when we mention Rosh, Russia coming down, Remember, the Bible talks about a hook in the jaw that will bring them down, which means that uh, there has to be a, a, a reason for them to engage into some move against Israel. Israel right now is doing nothing wrong to the Russians. We don't engage in a war with the Russians. We actually coordinate with them most of our moves when it comes to Syria. But when it comes to selling gas and hurting the Russian economy by doing so, I think Russia will have no problem changing completely 180 degrees and moving forward towards Israel. It will be in the near future. I'm not sure when. I'm not a prophet, thankfully, but I can see the direction. All of us can see the direction. And at the moment, it's not like peacekeeping forces are uh, filling up the empty Russian bases now. It's, it's Iranian. So even Iran is mentioned in the same book on the, with the same attack against Israel. So everything fits Bible prophecy, the, the scaling back right now for the sake of helping their forces in, in, in the Ukraine is not anything that will change eventually the moves of Russia against Israel when it comes. Because again, to begin with, it's not about how many Russian soldiers are in Syria. It's about the hook that has to cause Russia to come against Israel. And the hook is not any military engagement. The hook is the gas and oil, which is the, you know, the main, main, main backbone of the Russian economy. Indeed. Of course, Israel is only one component and there are multiple areas uh, uh, that also are 
alternative uh, sources of energy to Europe's uh, energy reliance on uh, Russia. We need to wait and see how this develops. Uh, from what I understand, the the report about the the talks with the EU were a little bit uh, beyond what is actually happening. Um, but it is one of those uh, direct discussions that are taking place. We heard Kyriakos Mitsotakis, the Greek prime minister, of course, speak about uh, his uh, intention to deepen cooperation with Israel on not only energy reliance uh, from a um, the offshore gas reservoirs that Israel has, but also from an electricity perspective, connecting Greece through Cyprus uh, to Israel, and then, of course, um, having a two-way street for Israeli energy going in the direction of, of uh, the continental Europe. Uh, but let's look again to the northern arena. You spoke, obviously, about uh, Russian militias uh, uh, or Iranian militias, excuse me, taking over Russian bases uh, there. We, we had just this past month uh, for the second time since 2011 when the Syrian conflict uh, emerged. Uh, Syrian President Bashar al-Assad felt comfortable enough to leave Damascus and go to Tehran where he had two statements which I define as, as quite critical. The first one is that he proclaimed that Syria and Iran cooperating in Syria proper um, was the reason for Israel's weakening or diminishing from Syrian perspective, even though this is detached completely from reality. And then the second uh, um, point that he mentioned was actually to urge the Iranians to further deepen cooperation between Tehran and Damascus. How do you see this manifest itself in the word of God? And uh, to what degree is this something that it may then um, trigger a chain of events that could then potentially bring about uh, a regional conflagration? Well, um, every place Iran is becoming a major part in is becoming a puppet of Iran. You can see it in Iraq, you can see it in Lebanon, and, and you can see it in, in also in Yemen. But, but, but what we see here is uh, once the Russians are now too busy and too preoccupied with other things, Iran is not waiting for any minute, and Iran is deepening its its uh, uh, entrenchment in Syria. The uh, Syrian president understands; he can read the map, he can understand that at the moment Putin is too busy in elsewhere. He must strengthen his his, his alliance with other main forces, uh, and uh, and Iran, of course, is the main one. The Iran, and why am I saying that, Jonathan? Because if if Damascus will ever be attacked for some reason and cease to become a city, it's no longer an attack on Syria, which Syria, by the way, ceased to exist as a sovereign country, as an independent country. You know, other forces are controlling it. Assad is just a puppet at the moment. So once Damascus is going to be destroyed, it will not be uh, looked at as an attack on Syria it will actually be looked at as an attack on the countries that are pulling the strings over there. And I've always said uh, throughout the years I've been teaching Bible prophecy that I don't believe that the Ezekiel war against Israel that will involve Russia and Iran will start just like that without first having 
the amazing prophecy of Isaiah in chapter 17 being fulfilled because, and that is, of course, the prophecies that Damascus is going to cease to exist. Damascus is the longest standing city, oldest city in the world. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It has never been utterly, completely destroyed. So this is a future prophecy. And I, I believe that the more Iran is controlling that area, the more an attack on Syria will actually be translated as an attack on Iran. And that is, of course, going to be translated in Iran joining that coalition that will come against Israel. Um, look, uh, I wish things were different, but we're not going towards a very, very good uh, future when it comes to the Middle East. Uh, everything is coming to a boiling point. We can clearly see that. Um, and you said that even before the program, that um, unless we do something now or, or unless things are going to be dealt with right now, once a deal with Iran will be once again signed, Israel hands will be kind of tight um, to, to do major, major moves. And so that means that in the coming weeks or months, uh, depends how fast uh, the Europeans will push for a deal that will be eventually signed. Uh, we are only going to see heightened tensions and even more escalation in 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 the conflict between Israel and the Iranians. Indeed, uh, I think one point that was quite interesting to hear was about two weeks ago, King Abdullah II of the Hashemite Kingdom of uh, Jordan. Uh, was interviewed by the Hoover Institute in Washington, D.C., uh, during which he voiced alarm about uh, the Iranian entrenchment in Syria, saying that it's going to do a lot of uh, problems in the region, uh, and spoke also about uh, the Russian uh, scaleback. Uh, and not to forget that when we're speaking about King Abdullah II of Jordan, he is the great-grandson of Amir Abdullah I, uh, his namesake, and also uh, Amir Abdullah I happens to be the son of Sharif uh, Hussein of Mecca. The Hashemite monarchy basically used to be the rulers of Saudi Arabia. Maybe this has, of course, a connection uh, to what we may uh, be reading in the Bible. But we're drawing near to the end of the program. We have about 40 seconds. Amir, what can you uh, encourage us with and what should we pray for at this moment in time? Well, as we can clearly see, war is, 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 there's wars and there's rumors of wars. Jesus said these are obviously the signs of the end. But he says, but when you see those things, at the end is not yet. But one thing is for sure, if you're not a follower of Christ, you will never be able to find peace and safety and security in this world. If you want the peace that surpasses all understanding and the promise of eternal life and to be taken out of here before it's too late, mm -hmm. then put your trust in the Lord Jesus and, and, and confess your sins and receive him as your Lord and Savior. And that will be the most important thing you'll ever do in your life. Amen. He's our Prince of Peace. Thank you so very much, Amir. Uh, wishing you a blessed travel, of course, in Canada right now uh, and looking forward to seeing you once again in, in Israel and in Jerusalem in the near future. Yes. So uh, God bless, uh, and I'd like also to thank our viewers for uh, taking from your time and, and partaking in this uh, dialogue between Amir and myself. God bless you, and we will see you next time for yet another episode of TV7 Times Observer. Shalom. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.